Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to uh, session three. Um, why don't we open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31? <coughs> your iPads, your iPods, your Bibles. Oh, uh, your iPhone, sorry. Where's my mind? Proverbs 31. Sorry, I'm just a bit crook at the moment. <clears throat> Proverbs 31, and we'll read uh, from verse 10 to the end of the chapter. Quite a lengthy portion. I think we all know this. Just say amen when you get there. Amen. amen. So, uh, the woman who fears the Lord, the word says, An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers the field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out and reaches her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teachings of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of the idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just want to come before you and um, bring this portion into your hands, Father, and we pray that you speak to us tonight, uh, today, Father, Lord. We pray that you just help us and you guide us, Father, Lord, um, in our youth, Father, Lord, in the stages that we're at, Father, Lord, whether we're single, Father, Lord, whether we're in a couple, Father, Lord, whether we're married, Father, Lord, pray that you remind us and you, uh, you guide us through your spirit. I pray that you use me, Father, Lord, to speak of your truth, Father, and I pray that we can all be encouraged in this place. Amen. All right, so... Um, <clears throat> Today I get the privilege of speaking on dating. Um, I just hit record, yeah? <laughs> Sorry. Um, and it's not so much, um, I'm not going to go into great detail as to, you know, what to do and what not to do in datings. Um, I think you, you guys kind of, I think you're, you know, you, what, you know what to do and what not to do as Christians. Um, when it comes to certain things like that. Um, I guess more, more than anything, I'm just going to talk about what the purpose of dating is, um, the things that you should be looking out for as believers, and I think we're all believers here, but this is really aimed at, at the believer as us as Christians and how we are to sort of um, step aside from what the world dictates, you know, what a boyfriend and girlfriend should look like and really come back to what the Word of God says, you know, really focus in on what God is and um, what... I guess, you know, the, the end goal is marriage, but for us right now, um, those of us who are single, those of us who are in a couple, what that should look like um, 
from a Christian perspective, you know, the, the things that we have to consider. Um, so I'm going to start with a couple key points and then, you know, it's going to be quite basic, but hopefully in the next session when we, got, when we have the questions and answers, I, I think that's more of a, a time when you can ask more of those intimate type questions, um, you know, those questions that you have um, that you're currently at, um, things that are a bit more controversial, I guess. Um, but yeah, hopefully we, uh, we get something out of it. Um, so I'm going to start with what is the purpose of dating? What is the purpose of dating um, for us? And I think the answer is pretty much love. Like, you know, we're, we're there for love, you know, it, it, and it has to be, for us as believers, it has to be a Christian love. It has to be something that's based on the Word of God. It has to be that agape love, that, that love that is, you know, the love that we've received from God, that's the same type of love that we ought to aspire or seek through in all our relationships, especially that when we're looking for a partner, a lifelong partner. And, and the goal is marriage. I mean, that's where we want to head. Um, spending the rest of your life with the person that you love, your, your best friend, the person that you want to share life with, you know, the, the person that you want to do things together with with the rest of your life. Um, you know, it's no secret when you date a person, when you see a person, you're wanting to know that person more. You're wanting to connect with that person. You're wanting to have that intimate relationship. You're wanting to grow um, and God willing, it does grow. You know, you, 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 found, you find someone that you, um, you share things with and you, and you connect and you click and it just sort of stems from there. Um, and I think so often in our society today, you know, we get so distracted or we get so confused because when we look at dating in, you know, in the media, when we look at dating in TV shows, um, you know, I guess on social media, what society tells us is very different to what we see in the Word of God. You know, um, when someone says they're seeing someone or they've been on a few dates, you know, social media or, or society basically interprets that as you've been hooking up with this person. You're, you're with this person. You're, you're having fun. But our mindsets as, as Christians, it should be that we go out with someone who firstly loves God and has um, a holy sort of relationship with the partner. You know, you're in a couple, you have that holy relationship, you get along, but you're encouraging one another to um, continue to pursue holiness, continue to pursue Christ. Um, so you want to grow in that type of relationship. You want to grow in that type of partnership that ultimately leads to, uh, you know, marriage. And this is the first point, um, that it needs to start with God. You know, dating, it needs to start with God. Dating starts with God first. You know, Mark 12:30 says that we are to love our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's where it starts. Love God first. Um, you know, perhaps some of us are single, and I encourage you guys who are single, and, you know, you might be so concerned about finding that somebody in your life, but if you are single, focus on loving God first. Focus on loving God first. Let God shape your life first. You know, um, before going out and, and trying to find someone, find God first. Because when you find God, when you, when you are connected with Jesus, your mindset changes. Everything is just basically what God wants. You know, what God's purpose is for your life, that's what you aspire. And so you're no longer trying to find what your sinful desires want. You are now trying to align yourself to what God wants. So that's the key point. It needs to start with God. If you're single, use this time 
to seek after God. Use this time to meditate on the Word. Use this time to, um, you know, increase your prayer life. Use this time. This is the way we do life. It's different to the rest of the world. It's different to what society throws at us. You know, if your mindset is basically set on what this world wants, then you know what that outcome is going to be. You know, the, the, the sort of, um, you know, the, the multiple partners, the, the casual hookups, that's the sort of um, view, you know, the unbeliever has on dating. But our minds are different. We know that if we are to follow that path, that that is going to lead us away from God. That is, I mean, ultimately, that's just going to lead you further into sin. It will lead you away from God. But if you are connected to God's word, if you are connected to God's heart, then you know what, you know, you know those desires aren't going to be there anymore. Your, your desire will be to find someone who loves God just as much as you love God. You'll want to find someone who will encourage you to seek after God. You want to find someone that, who... Um, you know, in moments of trials, in moments of difficulties, you can pray together with that person. You can worship together with that person. You can share life and these experiences uh, with that person and with God. This is what we ought to seek out for. It needs to start with God. You know, God may have you single at this moment. You know, he, he, he may have you, you know, maybe, you know, you've had some failed um, past relationships, but whatever the case may be, if you're single right now, it's because God wants you to seek after Him now. You know, God wants you to um, take that next step um, in Him first before you take the next step in your own life. So I encourage you guys, if you are single, don't see it as a, as a negative. See it as positive. See it. Use this time to seek after Him, to serve Him, to to follow him, to love him, to obey him, to, to hear from him, to speak to him. Maximize your time with God right now while you still have the time because I can tell you with experience as, as you get on with age and things come and, and you find a partner and then that ultimately leads to a marriage and then the kids come, you know, that it's just, there's less time for that. So use this time now. Use this time now to really seek after God. So the first step in dating is that it needs to start with God. Be connected to Jesus and be more concerned about walking faithfully with Jesus before you take the next step. The second point, what are the things that we ought to look out for in a person? Um, Look, there's a whole range of things. I mean, every person has different... Uh, needs every person has different personalities, different attractions. But you know, some of the things that come to our minds is like obviously the physical attraction, the looks, the the money, the good sense of humor. Um, you know, there's more deep and meaningful things like honesty, like integrity, like you know, um, the connection with the person, whether the person is trustworthy, how good of a best mate um, that person is to you. Um, you know, it, there's a whole bunch of things that we need to consider. But our culture at the moment, it tells us that finding a person, it's all about firstly that physical attraction and then the compatibility or the character of the person. But this is backwards thinking, right? This is what social media tends to lead us to. The Word of God tells us that 
you're better off being concerned about what's on the inside than what's on the outside. You can look really great on the outside, you can spend all your time and efforts on the outside as to the appearance, but the inside might be dead. And that's what we need to be concerned with. You know, the world looks out, the world looks from the outside, from the exterior, but as Christians, we need to look at what's on the inside, where the heart's at. Where is the heart of the person? Are they Christ-centered? Are they God-focused? And I mean, where is the heart really set at? Because it's not just enough to say that, hey, you know, this person goes to church and I'm really keen on that. So what if they go to church? You know, sometimes they go to church once, you know, every couple of weeks. Are they really set on pursuing after God? You need to sort of get to that level. What to look for in a person? Are they after Christ? Are they actively seeking after Christ? I think it's God first that, that needs, to be the, needs to be where the heart is at. Then you'll see the godliness of that person. And that sort of fuels that, that attraction in a way that pleases God. You know, you're not concerned about the externals. You're concerned about where the heart's at. And that's what the attraction should be. As Bot was saying, and as we'll look into in the Proverbs, it really is about the heart of the person, the heart. Because the externals, they fade away, but the heart stays. The heart stays. So pursue this type of person. Pursue them as a friend. And God willing, it will grow into more. And I say that, you know, um, pursue that person in terms of a friendship level. Like, you know, get to know them. Get to spend time with them. Get to really, you know... Don't waste that time, essentially. Don't rush into things. Really get to know them as a friend. Let them become your best mate. And let that grow more and more each day together as you continue to seek after God. So going back to the portion in Proverbs 31, I think we know this portion quite well. Um, you know, for men, it's basically what we strive to look in for a wife. Um, for the women, it's a godly example of a hard-working woman. It's that example that we, we always, you know, look to when it comes to Mother's Day and so forth. So it's God painting this picture of this wonderful wife, of this wonderful mother. And as Christians, you know, this is what we ought to aspire to. She is the wife that her husband can trust in. She is the wife who works hard, who attends to her family. She is the compassionate wife who, who gives to the poor and, and attends to the needy. She has a tender heart, but at the same time, she is ready for battle. She is ready to protect her family, to, to provide for her family when the trials come. She's there through the tough times. She is marked as a godly woman. She has godly wisdom, and she's loved by her family. She's loved by her husband. She's admired by her husband. So we see all of these things that she has this godly perspective, you know, and, and this is the mark of what a truly, of a, of a wonderful wife, of a wonderful mother. And before I can continue, it's important to realize that this portion, oh, oh sorry, it's important to realize for who this portion is exactly written for. While it's the example of a godly wife, the chapter begins in 31 verse 1. And the word says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. An oracle that his mother taught him. So here we have this king and he's reciting all these things about this wonderful woman who fears the Lord and, and, and basically seeking after this woman. And it starts in that chapter by saying that 
He learned these things from his mum, from his mother. His mother raised him and taught him, this is the type of woman that you need to seek. This is the type of woman that you need to find, a type of wife, a type of mother. So the target audience is not so much the, the women, but rather the men. The king is reciting these words of wisdom. This is the type of woman I want to find. This is the type of wife that I aspire to have, just as I saw it in my mother. This is the type of woman that I need in my life. The mother teaches the king of the type of woman, the wife that he should go and seek for. That's why he says in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. Who can find? He's basically saying she exists, but she's hard to find. She exists, and, and when you find it, you want to keep that treasure. You want to keep that jewel. And this is a, a lesson for us as men. These are the things that we should look out for. You know, in a society where we look at the Insta-fame, right, the, that basically that, that glamour life, the, the, the look, the money, the, the body image, the lifestyle, the, the sort of keep him keen mentality, you know, and it's, 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 for us as men, it's just like we, we, we basically get drawn into that. The Word of God says, hey, before you start chasing after charm, before you start chasing after beauty, all of those things are in vain. All of these things pass. You know, the, the, it's not a good thing that you chase after that. Rather, chase a woman who fears the Lord. That's what we need to be seeking in uh, our partners. Someone who fears the Lord, fears the Lord. The Word of God is saying that beauty and charm, that's not bad, but those things will pass. Those things will fade. You know, when we're young, we feel like we're instructable, you know, indestructible. Like we feel like, you know, nothing bad can happen. 20 years from now, we'll be so different. Our looks will change. You know, this doesn't last forever. The reality is that everything passes. The, the physical appearances do not last forever. We get old. Everybody does. So it's foolish to think or focus on the now, the, 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 the temporary beauty that we have now. The Word of God says what matters most, what's the, the measure of true beauty, is that you fear the Lord. That you fear the Lord. This is what we need to be looking out for in a person. Are they truly passionate about God? Do they obey God? Do they fear Him? Do they love Him? This is for both men and women. If you're at that stage looking for someone, this is what the Word of God tells us to look out for. Are they truly passionate about God? This is praiseworthy. This is what you praise a person for. Their fear for God. So this often leads to the question, and this is a controversial topic, can a Christian date a non-Christian? Can a Christian date a non-Christian? Um, it's always a question that I've had, and, and it's always something that comes up. Um, you know, everybody has their own view and, and own, you know, their own experiences. Um, as, a, as a believer, we know that we have a new nature. You know, we're, we're, we're born again. We have, we're, we're a new creation in Christ. And that new spirit, that new mentality, that, that new mind, it gravitates us to a place where we want to be encouraged in our faith. We want to grow in Christ. We want to know Christ and we want to um, exalt Christ in everything that we do. And we, 
you know, we move away from those things that might weaken us. We move away from those things that might lead us further into sin. So when it comes to that question, can a Christian date a non-Christian, as a true believer, the thing is, your new nature should be telling you, I need to seek another person who loves God. I need to find that person who's going to encourage my faith and not draw me away from Christ. And we say it's not a big deal, you know, perhaps, perhaps we're young and, and we're not really thinking about marriage just yet. But that's the problem. The end goal is marriage. The end goal is that you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person. And that's when it matters. That's when you'll find out that you will have these small differences now that will turn into bigger differences later. I can tell you now there is no greater joy, there is no greater joy and greater peace when you have a partner that you can go to and share your convictions with and share your faith with and, and you know, speak about Christ and meditate on the Word and pray together and worship together. Because there will be moments of trials, there will be, will be moments of, of struggles and, and fears and doubt. And in those moments, you can come together with your partner and pray and worship God and meditate on the Word and, and be encouraged by one another. If you have a non-believer as your partner, you don't get that. You don't get that. You don't have someone to uh, you know, encourage your faith in. You're doing it on your own when it really is a partnership, a relationship that you need to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about not being yoked with, um, with unbelievers. And Paul wasn't you know, specifically speaking about marriage, but the message is basically the same thing. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. What Paul was saying is that we are so easily influenced by this world. So easily influenced. We shouldn't take these things lightly. Being in a relationship with someone who's not a, a believer, it leads the door or leaves the door open for temptations, for sinful desires, for sorrows, for heartaches, for conflict, for different beliefs, arguments. That's what you're opening yourself up to. You think it's, it's a small thing now, but the end goal is marriage, guys. The rest of your life, you want someone who you share the same convictions with. Someone who you can trust and, and turn to, and, and you know that they're always going to point to Christ. That the message is always going to be, love God first. I truly believe the purpose of a God relationship is that you grow together in faith. You grow together in faith. Because life isn't easy, marriage isn't easy, raising kids, so I've heard, isn't easy. That's why you need to have your foundation, your base, founded on Christ, founded on God. Because it's so easy for us to sort of veer astray, you know, move away and do our own thing. But if we have that person who holds us, who keeps us aligned, who reminds us of Christ, then that's the purpose. That's the purpose of a godly relationship. Now, I'm not saying that's a hard set rule. I, um, I know people who, you know, believers who have dated unbelievers. You know, I, I know that and it's worked perfectly. You know, God's come in, God's 
you know, done a, 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 you know, a work in the unbeliever. Um, through, the, through the grace of God, that person has come to believe in Christ. You know, that, that's happened. That's, you know, we know it. it's happened in our own church. It's happened in my family. Um, I'm not saying that's a hard set rule, but whatever you find yourself in any situation, you really need to understand that you need to be trying to evangelize to that person if that person is an unbeliever. If you're not trying to actively um, preach to them, actively trying to get them to seek after God, to encounter God, because that's what we're called to do, then you'll find your relationship extremely difficult for both you and your faith. That's why I'm saying it needs to start with loving God first, loving God in your own life, and then finding someone who loves God as well. Because at the end of the day, we want to be happy, right? We want to live a life of happiness. We want to be sharing our life with someone who has the same thoughts, has the same convictions, has the same views on life. If we don't have the same views on life, and and basically life is God, if we don't have the same views on, on God, then that will become a stumbling block for us. It will create tension for us. We don't want to be in a relationship where we're discouraged. You know, we want to be in a relationship where we are encouraged and where we have a sense of joy and peace and comfort that will ultimately be, you know, spread throughout our family. So um, to end, it starts with God and find someone who loves God and really pray about it, really pray about it. Something that's helped me, um, and we spoke about it earlier and we've looked at it when we've been studying this, um, the series of Abraham, is to trust in God. Really trust in his sovereignty. He is a God who takes care of everything. He has a plan. He has a purpose. God puts people in our lives, our friends, our families, our church, and ultimately our partner. He puts these people in our life, and sometimes we overlook it. You know, sometimes we're trying to find someone who's, you know, um, you know we're just, we make it difficult for ourselves. Pay attention to who God has put in your life. It's not by coincidence. It's not by chance, it's not by luck that you've run into this person, that you have this person in your life. It's God's plan. It's God's purpose. Find a person who you're good mates with, who you have the same convictions, share the same faith in. Learn to become best friends with them. But above all, learn to love God and help them increase their faith in God so that they could do the same to you. So love God and find someone who loves God. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for um, your word that you've... Um, you always, uh, Father, Lord, speak to us and you always remind us, Father, Lord, of um, your word in, in every situation, in every you know, scenario that we go through in our life. And I pray, Father, Lord, for us, those of us who are at that stage of dating, Father, Lord, who are single, Father, Lord, or perhaps in in our relationship or married, Father Lord, that we are always reminded of um, the first commandment, Father Lord, and that is to love you, to love you with all our heart, Father Lord, to love you and, and serve you. And I pray that that, Father Lord, may lead us into finding, Father Lord, someone who loves you just as much, Father Lord, someone who fears you, fears the word, and just lives a life to exalt you, Father Lord. And I just pray for each one of us here that we can find that person, Father that we can find that person and be grounded in that, Father, and be grounded in your word 
And, and I pray that you just encourage us in our faith, Father Lord. And if we're in a relationship, Father Lord, where it's hurting, Father Lord, where it's not doing any good, Father Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to get out, Father Lord. I pray that you give us the strength and, and that mindset to trust in your ways, knowing that you will always provide, knowing that you will always take care of us, knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for us, Father Lord. We praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.